Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames and the smoke. I have a tape recorder in my hand. Now, nobody would think of doing that. The newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds. Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger. And this time on the News Vault from KCBS Radio, a look back at a devastating fire. Of course, we've all had our sensibilities and our metrics changed by the tragic fires that have hit California in the last couple of years. The campfire, the car fire, the wine country fires, the Southern California fires, the Thomas fire, the list goes on. But in 1991, it was the Oakland Hills fire that grabbed all of our attention. I vividly recall the night I spent on the fire lines covering that, but I was one of only a whole bunch of KCBS reporters who were part of our coverage of that fire. It was bad. 25 people dead, 2,800 single-family homes, and more than 400 apartment units burned down. But it paled, of course, in comparison to what we have seen in recent months in California. A year after the Oakland Hills fire, KCBS sent reporter Doug Sovereign out to do a What's Happened Since series of pieces. The series was called Out of the Ashes, and we present it now on our podcast. The men of Engine 19 in Rockridge were the first ones to respond when that weekend brush fire exploded into an inferno last October 20th. For firefighter Terry Williams, the memories are fresh, and every day on the job brings a new reminder. Every time we go up there patrolling and stuff, and I see all the devastation and the burnt out just lots and stuff like that, and we went up on Buckingham the other day. that's, that's where it jumped over our heads. Williams still has nightmares about that day, especially about that hot wind that fanned the flames. The fire was just doing the bidding of the wind. And it's like I kept seeing these little little whirling dervishes of wind. And, you know, and it's, it's almost like the wind was laughing at us, you know, saying, you know, I'm making the fire burn down your town. And, and ha, 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 it's nothing you can do to stop me. His most vivid memory, though, is of when the hoses went dry and the fire roared over his head. Battalion Chief James Riley stepped through the smoke to reassure his men. He kind of made me resolve, well, if I'm going to die, I mean, I'll go out with a guy like this. Because he wasn't rattled at all, and he said, do the best you can. I know you don't have no water. Just do the best you can, and he walked off in some smoke. Williams never saw Riley again. The battalion chief was the only firefighter who didn't make it out alive. He probably could have got out right away, you know. I mean, he's the chief. He could have been somewhere else calling in, you know, and how's it going down there? But he was right down there on Buckingham Road, you know, eating smoke and, you know, having embers, burning embers in your eyes. You know, I think about him a lot. Riley's photo is still on the firehouse wall at Engine 19. Every time he looks at it, Williams wonders how he survived. The guys kid me when I say Jesus wrapped his arms around me. 
But I think that's what he did. Otherwise, I should have been cooked to a crisp. So I, I, I have flashbacks about that. The flashbacks were much worse just after the fire. I never took off, and I kept on working, and I was really on the borderline. And, and then I started to crack. Williams finally took a five-day break. Now he's back, risking his life virtually every day. You come to work in the morning, you don't know whether you're going to come back. But uh, that's, that's the nature of the job, and that's what we do. Out of the ashes, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS News Radio. Rene Davidson retired recently from his job as Alameda County Clerk. He lives on Siler Place off of Alvarado Road in the hills behind the Claremont Hotel. Last October 20th, amid swirling embers and thick, choking black smoke, he and his wife grabbed a few precious things and got out, assuming their home would be burned to the ground. It was just, uh, just a... Uh... Holocaust, it really was. But when they came back up the hill the next day, the house was still there, covered with bright red flame retardant and surrounded by the smoldering ruins of their neighbors' homes. I didn't know whether to celebrate or cry. You know, I'm still ambivalent about it with losing all my neighbors. The Davidsons decided to stay. They cleared some of the debris and moved back into their home. We finally had some water and some lights after about, I think it was six days, and it was like camping out, camping in. You know, getting up and down these hills and uh, moving the telephone poles off the road and uh, the dead trees. It was a lonely week for the Davidsons, left alone with the ashes, the smell, and eventually their cat. It was very lonely. Uh, no neighbors, no uh, no lights. Uh, it's amazing how uh, the cats are survivalists. The, the poor dogs, they... They didn't make it, but uh, our cat came back a week after the fire. And a few days after that, the people whose homes did burn down started to return, bringing a flood of mixed emotions. Seeing my neighbors, you know, digging through the ashes, looking for, you know, mementos, that was, that was, that was hard on me, and I'm sure it was hard on them. I, I did feel guilty. For the last 12 months, Davidson Street has been a tangle of lumber trucks and utility vehicles. The construction sound is almost nonstop. It is noisy. I've made up my mind I'm not going to have a cow over it and just, you know, live through it. In some ways, he says, the sound is reassuring. It means rebuilding is well underway. I want to hear those hammers and those saws. The only thing that bothers me are the... Uh... You know, the, the big rigs in the, in the middle of Alvarado or something when you go halfway down the hill and you got to turn around and come back. But, you know, another year it'll all be over. Davidson never considered moving away. This Christmas, the first of his neighbors will move back into a rebuilt home. He expects four more soon after that, and he'll throw a block party each time one of them returns. We just want to see our neighbors back. We want to see everybody whole, get the neighborhood back. Out of the ashes, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS News Radio. The last time we met John Masella, it was just after the fire. Chariots of Fire was playing on the monitor in the video zone, his video store on Ashby and Domingo. Masella was worried about how the fire storm would affect his business. I'd be thankful if I only have half a business. Some people don't have their lives or their houses. In fact, 700 of his customers lost their homes. He managed to make ends meet for five more months. But last March, with business still down 30%, he finally sold the store breaking a little less than even. But I also broke my heart because I love the store and the neighborhood. And uh, to tell the truth, I couldn't go back to that neighborhood for about six months after I sold the store just because, yeah, sentimental. It was my baby. 
These days, he has more than enough time to spend with his real baby, Dylan. Masella was unemployed and at home for most of the summer. I was Mr. Mom, uh, which I don't, I don't mind. I love my boy. I waited a while, long time coming. And uh, I have the, um, what you could call the housewife blues. He shook the blues with a temporary job as a substitute teacher. Then he sold cars for three weeks. Now he's out of work and running out of money. We're in a recession. Unless it affects you personally, then it's a depression. So for me right now, I'm in a depression. Masella likes watching classic films, but in some ways his own drama may not have been dramatic enough. I would have been better off if my business had burned in the fire. For, uh, for the insurance reasons. Back at the Video Zone, new owner Jorge Najera says business is still slow, but customers are moving back into the area. There's a lot of people that have come back. So I, I believe it probably in about seven months to another year, probably this will be a, a good store. That plane leaves the ground and you're not like one of the classics he used to rent to customers and still loves to watch, Masella's story is bittersweet. But what about us? Always but he hopes his tale has a happy ending. Hey, this is the situation I'm in. Now I just got to get up and get out of it. Out of the ashes, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS News Radio. There are 300 kids at the Bentley School on Hiller Drive, but a year after the big blaze, they're lucky to have a school at all. Not long after last October's fire flared out of control, it roared down the hill and onto the nine-building campus. Some of our buildings burned down, and yet buildings uh, between buildings that burned to the ground were perfectly okay. And some of our neighbors' homes burned to the ground, some did not. It just was a question of where the embers landed. Bentley headmaster Bob Monroe. So much was ablaze that I had assumed the whole campus had burned to the ground. Five of the buildings had. Three others were badly damaged. The ashes and the rubble and, and just the, the total scene of devastation, uh, it was intimidating. But Bentley got right to work on what were now the four R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and rebuilding. While the kids moved to a temporary campus, workers cleared the rubble and began a $3 million reconstruction job. I was very proud of the fact that we were the first people to rebuild on the hill, to, to rebuild completely. We were the first people to move back into rebuilt property. I was especially happy because our 300 kids, um, roughly 34 of whom lost their homes, were, they were able to get back into their campus. Only five months after the fire, Bentley was back. At first when we came here, I didn't really like the way it looked because like, we didn't have a classroom. There was machinery all over. I didn't really... I, don't, I didn't really like it that much, but after a while it got okay and rooms started being built and everything turned out fine. Rebecca Plevin's classmate, Julie Goodstadt, also lost her home, but she sees a silver lining. I hope the insurance people aren't listening, but I'm sort of happy that my house burned down because my mom always hated the kitchen and I want a bigger room. Now she's getting one. Headmaster Monroe likes to look at the fire as a learning experience. We learned a lot about ourselves. The, we certainly um, developed tremendous uh, spirit within the school. The whole parent body rallied around. And if fifth grader Jonathan Price is any indication, Bentley's students have recovered as quickly as their school. Kind of tragic, then you get over it. Out of the ashes, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS News Radio. You saw a canyon view and a view of the city. And you Michael Molesky misses that view from his home on Chancellor Place above Claremont Canyon. A year after the fire, he's still living in a rented home in Rockridge, which is okay. I have a great room, and it's pretty big. And I got a bunk bed, which I've always wanted. So it's, it's okay. 
The other day, his dad Jim took a walk across their burned-out lot in the Claremont Hills after yet another meeting with the insurance adjuster. It's a year later, almost to the day, and I'm still looking at, at, at an empty lot with a bunch of brown weeds and a foundation that's been swept clean, and that's all that remains of, of what was once my home and my life. And I know that it's going to be at least another year before I'm back up here. That's because Molesky is still haggling over how much it'll cost to replace that house. His son Michael knows some things can never really be replaced, like his little stone bear, a favorite toy that he still misses. He was my lucky bear, and I used to rub on him for good luck, so I get sad about that every once in a while. But kids bounce back, and for the most part, Michael's getting over the fire. I feel just a little bit better. As a helicopter on fire patrol flies over their vacant hilltop lot, Jim Molesky notes there is very little rebuilding going on on Chancellor Place. There is nothing up here now. There are, you know, when that helicopter goes away, it's quiet here. The quiet is broken occasionally by construction workers building the Molesky's neighbor's house. It's the only one underway out of the 15 that burned down on their block. That's where Michael's friends, Ethan and Michael, lived, and soon they'll live there again. It's good for my son to know that you know, his neighbors are back up here and that we can uh, come back up and his, his friends will be here. Mike Molesky has had a birthday since the firestorm. He is eight years old now, and those friends were on hand for the party. But for him, it's hard to believe that it's been a year since the fire. It seems like it was only like a month or something because it... It just went by so quickly. For his father, the last year has been slow going, but he expects to be back on the hill in his rebuilt home by the time the fire's second anniversary rolls around. But life is struggling to come back up here, and, and it will come back over time. Out of the Ashes, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS News Radio. Remember to follow the News Vault from KCBS Radio on social media. On Facebook, we're at News Vault Podcast. On Twitter, Find us at News Vault SF. On Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.